0: Going Home, Episode 5, Sleeping with Strange Shirts.
1: Chapter 15. Maynard is walking towards us on another farm laneway. This farm is very well kept, and in fact, for all intents and purposes, it is a hobby farm. Most hobby farms are five-acre affairs, land shaved off of a real farm. A real farm is a farm that works, a farm that has got dirt under its nails. Not like this hobby farm, which just stands around like a Montreal model, looking all pretty like. Maynard stops in front of us and points back to the
2: farmhouse. Here we are at the alleged victim's farm. I do not use that word alleged lightly, and neither should you. Let's take a look at this incident before us. We have here a Jack and Julie Saunders. As you heard, I was called out to this address to investigate a stolen vehicle, a Ford F-150. I might quickly add an alleged stolen Ford F-150. This could all be smoke and mirrors. This could be an insurance scam. This is what a seasoned police officer must keep in mind, even before questioning begins. So now, let me go over what transpired during my investigation. What I did was this. I sat the victims down, and I asked them for their version of the events. Always, I cannot emphasize this point strongly enough. Always, keep in mind, 99.9% of Mr. and Miss J.Q. Public are such little liars. That's right. Liars. Everybody's pants are on fire. So how do I find out if this couple's pants are on fire? First off, I put them at ease. I find out what makes them tick. Their likes and their dislikes. I roll them in, honey put my arm around him and whisper up some sweet nothings. Suggested intimacy. And with this approach, what you will find out is that most men talk about sports, and most women talk about childbirth. My God, after all the hospital rooms I've been in, I could deliver a baby. I have sat through epidurals and contractions and pain management up and down and all around the mulberry bush right up to and including what to do with the placenta. For those who want to be in the know, most bury, some eat. I know that information will upset some of you new recruits, but it all comes with the badge. People will eat anything, get used to it. My only advice is don't go out for a cheeseburger after that information. Back to the here and now. This couple, man side. Jack Saunders. He loves baseball, and he loves his baseball glove. His glove comforts him to the point that he must oil and rub it down daily. Kinda like a partner, a confidant, something he can turn to in times of trouble. And where does he keep this beloved piece of leather? In his beloved F-150. So, we can eliminate Jack from the get-go. He did not have this truck stolen. We still have the question of Miss Julie. Miss Julie could be jealous. Miss Julie could be outraged by a husband who spends a great deal of time riding around in a Ford F-150 pickup with a well-oiled baseball glove. At this point, we don't know. So I got to talk to Julie about Julie. And I decide to put it to her, straight up, fastball, right down the middle. I say to her, Julie, what does that F-150 do for you? She says to me, that truck heals me, sets me free. I am always dragging Jack out into it. We have spent whole weekends in that truck, parked right out in the laneway. Don't ask me what we get up to." And I surely did not. All I can say is this. she's a farm girl. And fair warning to all you city recruits. Getting involved with a farm girl is not for the faint of heart. In fact, getting involved with a farm boy is also not for the faint of heart. They have seen way too much livestock being created. And all that creation observation, it does something to farm folk. For lack of a better term, it lowers barriers. From me to you, lower barriers concerning sexual moves isn't always such a bad thing. Absence of boredom comes to mind. That is something city folk could learn from country folk. Again, that was off the record. Bottom line, Jack and Julie have not had their pickup truck stolen for an insurance claim, and they have given me a description of the truck thief. White male, five, 10, six feet. Average build between the ages of 60 to 70. Ah.
1: Chapter 16. It is now dark and we are at the Sullivan farmhouse. An outside light is on. This over the back door light has a hot spot that extends to about five feet to either side of the light before it falls off into the night. During the following, Esther will walk back and forth into and out of the hot spot. She toys with an unlit cigarette. For background music we have crickets. Crickets are the very best of all the insects. They don't bite you or make you itch, and their singing is so wonderfully monotonous. The world needs more monotony and crickets are happily doing their fair share. Crickets also make wonderful listeners, a good bug to talk away your troubles with.
0: No, I'm not gonna light it. I wanna light it, but I won't. Just before you came along, the three of us all got in a big fight over what to do with Sully. A lot of regretful things were said, but that's the way this family operates. Danny and I get crazy and Steve just goes silent. I wonder what Corey would think of all of this. She avoided all conflict, so our fighting would not be easy for her. The interesting thing about our mother was that she hated conflict, yet she was a complete daredevil. She loved heights and said she wished she'd been born into a circus family. She actually told me she dreamed of being a tightrope walker. I couldn't imagine this, but she said there was no greater high than being afraid. I wish I was more like her. But then I wouldn't want her worrying. She worried about everything from Sully to us kids and right up to and including will the sump pump kick in during a storm? In the overall, I suppose it was the mundane that got her down. And unfortunately, most of life is mundane. Just before you came along, I was in Danny's bedroom watching him sleep like I used to when we were young. He's still got it. He goes down like a plane on fire. Nobody sleeps like him. It's not really sleep. It's more like a coma. He says he goes into deep space when he sleeps. He has no dreams or nightmares. He just floats way up there, suspended, I suppose. He certainly doesn't sleep like you and I. Maybe he sleeps so well because of all the unnecessary business of his waking hours. Maybe all his emotional to and froing wears him down until he collapses in on himself. I only wish I had what he's got. Sleeping wise that is. I used to be very protective of Danny. It was all about his brain injury and that gave him problems in school and around town. He had a hard time with most everyone but he, he trusted me and we used to be very close. He followed me everywhere. But I needed him too. He helped me through my tough times as much as I helped him through his. Well. To be honest, his help did not include a lot of empathy. (laughs) One time, I I told him I was depressed, so he locked me in the tractor shed and told me he wouldn't let me out until I smartened up. (laughs) But mostly, we were just teenagers trying to figure things out, just like every other teenager. And then I went to university and he didn't. We never really ever talked again.
1: Chapter 17 Still night out. In fact, the same night out. Only now we've left Esther and the Sullivan farm and are now over at Vera's farm. Vera is sitting on her front porch, rocking back and forth at a good thinking speed. She looks comfortable, and she is, because unlike most people, she's not afraid of being alone in the dark. In fact, some nights she will wander for hours through the back section of her farm. Being close up to things that come out at night comfort her. At least that is what she told me, and I believed her. But she is not out wandering her back section now. Right now, like I told you, she's sitting on her front porch, sitting and rocking and thinking. Before this moment, she hasn't paid us any attention. She now turns to look at us. One other thing I forgot to mention earlier. She is wearing Sully's shirt.
3: Like I told you before, it's important to get to know the missing person. That is what opens the channels from beyond. So the mystery can come in and tell you where they got to. But I am not getting anything right now. The mystery is refusing to cooperate. So, next step. I got to sleep with him, or at least his shirt. Rub our parts together, it comes with the territory. But Sully and I will be a one night stand, or at least until we find him. Our funks don't line up. When I was younger, I used to think about Sully and I together. He was interesting looking, took care of himself, and had that whiff of danger about him. But don't get me wrong. My straying mind did not mean I did not love my husband. It's just that most women's minds need to stray some. It's healthy. So the younger me just thought about him and then both our mates died and I thought about him again. But now I got his smell on me. I know it won't work out. Besides, I don't feel like chasing after men who run. This has nothing to do with channeling or a person's smell. This is all to do with old age wisdom. And my old age wisdom goes like this. First thought, best thought. I love being old. Some people are made to be old and I am one of them. Getting old for me has been nothing but the best. I have churned my way through all my self-esteem issues and ended up thinking young again. And there are great benefits to thinking young. I am again embracing my youthful spirit, trusting my bones, and willing to make some mistakes again. I am smelling everybody with a brand new vim. I can smell love and I can smell fear, just like a good dog. Speaking of which, where'd my baby get to? Chapter 18.
1: Again. Same night. Only now we are with JJ. He is standing in his laneway looking out over his acreage.
4: Last night we had a night storm. One of those long sweeping arcs that come out of the east and disappear somewhere into the lake. As soon as a night storm passed, we'd all pile into cars and head for the water. Because that storm meant big rolling waves where we could body surf, drink beer, and try to fill up our girlfriends. There was danger in the air, and you got a lot further with a girl with danger in the air. Sort of gave everyone a feeling, we could all be dead. We better have some fun. (laughs) I have never let my daughters out after a night storm. With the air full to overflowing, with that we could all be dead feeling. Of course, (laughs) they snuck out on me. The pull of danger runs much deeper than one of my idle threats. I haven't been down to the lake after a storm in years, but last night I went. When I got there, it was just like way back, all wild and woolly. Breakers breaking, row on row, one after the other, military precision. Boom, boom, boom. And for some reason, I couldn't resist the water. So I took my clothes off and waded in. And it was like a crack of fun went through me. I had totally forgotten about the healing powers of a night storm swim. Stroke, 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 and then stop, and let the sound of the waves come through you. And it all came back to me, right away, like 50 years were nothing but a blink. Remember when you used to tease a hot stove with your hand? You kept putting your hand closer and closer to that burner. Well, that is the very same sensation you get when you tease storm waves. With each wave, you edge out a bit further and further, waiting on that really big wave. That wave that you just know is gonna beat the shit out of you. Sand bruise you from head to toe and suck you way back out, where you have to swim like a son of a bitch to get to a sandbar and safety. So I did it. I did it again. Just like being 17 years old over again. And it felt so good. So very good that I got a hard-on. Not an enormous teenage hard-on, but one I haven't seen since my 40s. I'll take it, thank you very much. Now at this point, what I would have done if I was 17, again, was to get rid of that thing. As they say today, masturbated away. We called it jerking off. I almost bowed to that wonderful tension. But then I thought, what if somebody catches an old man like me jerking off in Lake Huron? How's that gonna look, huh? So I decided to forgo the pleasure principle. I decided to let nature, gravity and cold water have its way. Ki So I waited there and I waited there until I got the biggest ball-busting set of lover's nuts I've ever had in my life. Picture this. I'm 66 years old, my wife back home warming up the bed, children growing and scattering, and I'm standing on a sandbar in Lake Huron fighting off lover's nuts. And once I made friends with that ball-busting pain, I thought to myself, does it get any better than this? I don't think so. And guess what happens then? I am feeling so good about my lot in life that I start singing. When some loud bragger tries to put me down and says his school is great, I tell him right away, Now what's the matter, buddy? Ain't you heard of my school? I remember every word, and I sang the whole goddamn song. I'm fucking Brian Wilson out there. That all happened last night. The reason I went down to the lake in the first place was to look for Sully, but he wasn't there. I'm worried about Sully. Lately, he hasn't been himself. Feel that east wind coming on? East wind always spells trouble.
1: Chapter 19 Moon gets higher Time passes We take a hop, skip and a same night jump Over to the shores of Lake Huron again It is almost morning, just before dawn When the sky is the darkest Black on black Sully is standing on the shoreline His back is to us He is smoking and looking out over the water. Suddenly, out of the east comes the wind. It rapidly gains speed but with no storm or rain to accompany it, just the wind, whipping up waves that crash and burn out all around Sully's feet. He keeps his back to us. This is a private moment. For once, he has nothing to say.